coming to you live from BGM Pittsburgh. You're listening to the 3PL Premier League podcast. What was that? That's our new intro. Welcome, everybody. I'm Mike. With me is Kev and Josh. Coming up, we're going to break down Chelsea's public spanking of Everton. Sorry, Josh. Mm. The riveting uh, 1-1 North London Derby. Liverpool proving that you don't need a defense to be the number one team in the league. And we're also going to recap all the rest of the league action, talk some fantasy, provide our suggestions for surviving another weekend without Premier League action with another international break upon us. But first, Kev... You weren't here last week, man. Where were you? What was going on? I wasn't. Yeah. Well, I have to. I have to say, I I was eagerly awaiting the podcast, and uh, I was in San Francisco, and I downloaded it, and I was I was very pleased and impressed. Uh, ben did a really good job of it. The podcast was great. And, it didn't uh, fall apart without you. Is that what you're thinking? You're, <laughs> who's that? actually listening the whole time? Be like, they're, they're not gonna be able to pull the this wheels off. Wheels are off. No, I mean, of course, I thought it was gonna be fine and great, but I, it was just, it was cool. It, it was cool to hear it, and you know, yeah. From from a different perspective, it was good. No, yeah, I was in San Francisco for what five, six days, five nights, uh, for a conference, and um, yeah, it wasn't bad. What was what was, the con- what was the conference for? What were you doing? Let's go. Let's, uh, let's shed I'm, some it, light into the life of Kev. We want to know. <laughs> we're concerned. The mystery that is. Kevin. That's right. Just just research stuff. Uh, it mainly is from a computer science perspective um, on like kind of spatial information systems um so it was cool uh i, say, I just glazed uh, over Thanks, <laughs> i know that's why, that's why i don't want to talk about it because i know no one cares about it but did you have to do like any public speaking did you have to like get in front of people yeah or were yeah you no, just I, there I, to watch? I had i had a couple presentations um they went fine no the, the, the highlights and i'll end with this this was pretty cool um seeing one of the invited talks was the lead at the um facebook maps division and he gave a really good talk and the other one that one of the senior directors for engineering at Google was there. And like, that was, I was like, that I was like seeing LeBron James to me. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I imagine like the most, the, the, the lamest like concert in the world where it's like everyone's like, oh my God. <laughs> the lead Google engineer. He's the spatial map recognition guy from Facebook. <laughs> So Kev, the Google you know, guy wears a gray North Face jacket, just so you guys know. You know and so does Kev now. So Kev, Kev the real <laughs> no, question is, yeah, when, now, you now did, do I. When, when you did your presentation and you sort of have your profile slide, did you include podcast host as one of your no, attributes? I, I should have, because honestly, that would have made me so much cooler. <laughs> do internet radio. Then, it makes you sound more official. That's true. Internet radio. <laughs> that's true. Well, that's good. Known. Kev's back. Um, one of the things we got to talk about as well, and we were sort of hyping this leaning into the weekend, uh, there was the Piper's Pub-sponsored EPL supporters tourney. 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 What am I saying here? This weekend, um, <laughs> which was a ton of fun. Uh, I played for the Spurs team. I got to meet our buddy John Hupp, who's been on the show a few times. Um, he aptly pointed out that the Spurs have not won since he last came on the pod. So <laughs> I was like, thanks, John. Yeah. Um, Did he blame you like we do? I think I think that's what he was implying. So I think we need some sort of, uh, you know, curse breaker or some sort of voodoo magic that we can do here on the air to try to settle these things. I don't know if we just have to have John back on and try to reset things or what, but... Yeah. So did you get a hat trick, a brace? Uh, how'd you do? No, no. So honestly, <laughs> I, you know, going into it, I'm hyping myself. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be great. And then in the back of my mind, I'm like, the only competition I've really faced in the past two years are like eight and nine year olds. So like, let's not, <laughs> and I let's, let's not set the bar too high. 
but uh, no, I I think I did okay. Uh, the team the team as a whole, uh, there were two games that we played in the opening round, and we played Liverpool in the first game and won six nothing. Uh, I know. And then we played uh, we played City in the second game and drew nil nil. And then there were basically two um, two tables. And uh, and the Spurs team, there were two Spurs teams. The Spurs teams on both sides won their division, and then so we each got a bye. But then we subsequently each lost in the first round of the playoffs. Um, our team actually lost to Knotts County, which is the Tartan Devils oh, yeah. over forty team. Which um, I got to meet the man, the myth, the legend, John Battersby. He was there mm-hmm. walking around doing stuff. The guy is a gentleman and a scholar. Like if you see him down at Piper, say hi. I'm sure he'll say hi to you. But uh, he threw on a jersey for, like, the last five minutes of our game. Um, the Knotts County team ended up getting a goal with, like, two minutes left. Um, it was sort of a fluky thing. It was a really – it was a difficult tournament to play in because if you had a, if you had a really good goalie on your team, you were pretty much set because the goals are really small. So we got a ton oh. of shots, but, I mean, the goalie played out of his mind. Um, and so we ended up losing one nothing in that game. And – Kudos to Knotts County, man. They uh, they ended up going up against City in the final, and they won two nothing. So you know, John texted me uh, late on Sunday night, just saying, "Yeah, this is you know friggin' amazing. We're getting drunk on Free Piper's beer and just <laughs> having a blast. So, uh, the best beer, yes. free beer. So <laughs> so you guys got knocked out by the people who won. Yes. So we that, lost that, to the people. You know what? There you go. That's the best person to lose to because you can be like, well, everyone else lost to him too. Yeah. We were feeling a little overconfident going into it. We're like, ah, you know, Spurs both got to buy. If we both make it the champions, we don't even play. We'll just like say Spurs <laughs> win. And then we both ended up losing. So, um, but it was a, <laughs> yeah, wah, wah. it was a great event. Um, John has posted some stuff on Facebook. Uh, I'm going to make sure we go post some of the team photos over at our site, bgn.fm under the three PL page. But uh, yeah, no, it was a it was a great great experience, great time. Everybody we met there from all the different teams were all fantastic. Met a lot of old guys that were just hanging out, um, just there to watch us play. A bunch of little kids running around. It, it was it was just a lot of fun. That's so awesome. cool. So yeah, let's uh, let's let's talk some games here. Mm. Are you sure? You want to? <laughs> well, yeah. I'm sorry, Josh. On that note, we're going to start with Everton versus Chelsea. Uh, of course we are. Yes. So <laughs> Chelsea walk away. Uh, with a five nothing win in this game, um, takeaways. Uh, yeah, for me, I mean, Chelsea looks scary good. I mean, this was a game where Josh, you know, even just last week we were talking about how Everton has been playing somewhat solidly defensively. It looked like Ross Barkley and Lukaku were starting to get together and starting to click. And we were saying last week that you know Everton could be this sneaky team. What what happened here, man? Like. <laughs> Nothing good. I mean, it, it it didn't look like Everton showed up at all. This whole game, it, it was just kind of, well, you know, okay, first 19 minutes, nothing happened as far as, you know, we Everton was on the defensive the whole time. It didn't look like they were ever going to get a shot on goal. But, you know, that first 19 minutes, and we had to talk about how dangerous they are, how dangerous Chelsea is in the first, like, five to ten minutes. Yeah. It's like they'll get a goal and then they'll sit back. No, Mm-mm. that didn't happen. <laughs> they didn't get a goal within the first five minutes, but then – it just seemed to never end. Uh, they just kept on getting bombarded yeah. by the Chelsea offense, and then uh, Azard, I believe, he got the first goal. Yeah, right. Yeah, so he gets the first goal in the 19th minute, and then from there on, it just seemed like they never recovered. Yeah, your boy uh, Stecklenburg. You know, we talked about mm. it in the last game how he wasn't in the net and he wasn't on the bench, 
and you were saying you really hoped it was him for the win and I felt like on at least Chelsea's first two goals you're probably really hoping it wasn't him in the net (laughs) yeah those first two goals did not look like they should have been difficult to save I mean it's hard telling you know without being in the game in real time but watching the replays those goals just did not look too difficult they looked like they should have been easy saves well and i think the first goal what um hazard took the shot from out wide and it looked like pedro was making a run in there was some question as to whether or not pedro might have been off sides but even with him just sort of moving towards the goalie i can see where stecklenberg might have got distracted thinking there might be a deflection so he stayed home a little bit later there was another one where um it might have been diego costa's goal where um i forget who it was that again was sort of right in front of stecklenberg and and yeah, I mean it's that that was tough. It was it was a tough game to watch. Um, if you have any sort of love for Everton at all, um, <laughs> yeah. And, so I, I felt guilty this whole game because I have Costa and Azard on my oh. uh, fantasy team, and I didn't. You I traitor! Didn't, I know, right? It, it gets worse. Uh, Costa was my captain um <laughs> not because i thought too much about it i just i had him as my captain the, the previous week and i didn't change him so like the whole time i'm watching him like oh that's a lot of fantasy points oh this is terrible <laughs> yeah i thought you know um one of the things that that was intriguing to me was the commentators were sort of raving about you know pedro and i thought pedro had a really good game he was definitely you know third fiddle to azar and diego costa but you know, kept saying Pedro or Pedro's playing the best soccer of his life, you know, or, or since Barcelona. This is the Pedro since that that used to play at Barcelona. Honestly, I used to watch him play at Barcelona. He's looking like he's playing the best soccer of his life. Like his job at Barcelona used to be just to stay out wide and draw some of the attention away from David Villa. And he would get the occasional goal here or there. But I mean, in this game, he was dropping back. He was integral. The um, Azard's second goal where it was sort of a one-two with Pedro, and Pedro just sort of did this little heel flip to him. I mean, it was amazing. It was an amazing, yeah. amazing goal. Yeah. He had two assists and one goal. I mean, he he was there the whole game. Um, you can't even say, because at first I thought, like, well, yeah, but he's he's now more of a star. But he's not like he's the star of that team. No. It's not like he's, you know, <laughs> the the big money player that they, they brought in. Because like, there's plenty of stars of this team. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't well, know what it is. I'll, I'll be curious to see if he kind of maintains this streak because I, if correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's just been kind of hot the past couple games. It's not like he's been firing all season. I think it's probably the case with Chelsea as a team right now. I mean, they what they haven't like let in a goal for like four games and their scoring goals are fun and, and all this kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, right now, obviously they're banging form and everyone's just kind of clicking. I'll, I'll be curious to see if that just kind of maintains itself over the course of a period because I, I yeah i haven't seen pedro put in a stretch of 10 or 15 games where he was consistent in and out of every game putting in performances like that i don't know i, t- I tend to believe that's not going to be the case I, I still think chelsea are still going to i don't know maybe too much rely on costa and hazard but then again i mean they have a lot of different goal scorers for this game as well so it's it's maybe unfair of me to say that but I mean, this is a Chelsea team that just a few weeks ago, people were talking about, you know, could there be a manager change because they were slumping? So, you know, one of the things that I think is really difficult for us, but I was thinking about this as we were going through it. Um, You know, we had Ben on the show last week and he was saying how, 
he's not watching the table yet, although he confirmed on Twitter that we turned him into a table watcher. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> um, but, you know, when we do a show like this and when anybody's writing about the Premier League or talking about it at all, it's, it's difficult to look outside of the microcosm that is this week or the past two weeks even or the past three weeks. But in the grander scheme of things, you know, it's it's really hard to say just how good Chelsea are or you know I don't want to say just how bad Everton are because Everton aren't a bad team it's just this one week it makes it it it, if you just focus on this one week it makes everything just seem so much bigger than it really is yeah I mean the the Everton thing I, I no one I certainly didn't see this result coming I mean I think if and Josh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like if Everton could hang their hat on one thing, it was their defensive solidity. I think this entire season, you've only had maybe one or two games where you've let in more than one goal. I mean, so you've been pretty solid at the back. And if there was any question, it was getting consistency going forward. I mean, obviously obviously Lukaku and now Barclay's coming on, but I think Morales is fairly inconsistent. Uh, De Lafeo is fairly inconsistent. So it's this kind of, it, it's It's getting consistency in, in, in numbers in the attack and it wasn't necessarily the case for for defense but so that's why I mean this result was just shocking to see because they, I, I, yeah I, I if Chelsea were winning this game I would have said okay one nil or two nil uh, it, but but yeah it was, it was a yeah. bit more than that obviously. Everton had let in eight goals before this total yeah um, yeah so this one game five goals is just crazy and you're right the, I think the most goals was two uh and that was actually Burnley um and <laughs> Like we talked about it last week, is seeing what they did against Man City. I mean, like, yeah. oh wow, you know, they held Man City. They they got a point. That was kind of like what I was resting my hat on. Like, okay, we can do this. We can do this. And then seeing that team come out and do this poorly, it's just crazy. I don't know if it's a testament to how good Chelsea is right now, or if it was just a fluke and uh, Everton just didn't show up. It may it may have just been a a bad um formation and personnel mismatch um you know i was exchanging some some conversation with uh our buddy justin on twitter and he was saying that he thought that there may be some positional mismatch here um that chelsea could exploit so it'll be interesting to talk to him further and see what he saw he's sort of our tactical guy here um Mm -hmm. you know everton does have a few favorable games to look forward to here coming up before mid-December. You got Swansea after the international break, which seems to just be giving points to people. Um, Sorry, (laughs) Bob Bradley. Uh, Southampton, Man United, Watford, but then, you know, they'll have Arsenal and Liverpool. So you got a few games to sort of get it together. Um, What do you think... I think one of the things that stood out to me in terms of what was missing in this game was, I think, what Barkley was providing in their last game. They were missing somebody in the midfield that really played well between Lukaku and the defense. It seemed like it was basically 10 men behind the ball in Everton's half the entire game and then Lukaku up top. And their only chance to get anything done was long balls to Lukaku and Chelsea would just close him down immediately. And that was it. There was there was no other real offensive chances from there. And this goes further to, you know, with Barkley, we're talking about how he, he needs to make that jump to the next level, like the promise that, you know, he has – and we saw, you know, flashes of that in the last game. But this game, he, he runs hot and cold, and this was super cold. Yeah. I, I didn't feel like any really distribution was there from him. Yeah, I mean, at halftime, I'm looking around, and I, I was trying to remember when I actually noticed him with the ball. Like, it was just, he just wasn't there. 
So I the one good thing I wanted to mention, um, Kuman, what makes a sub on like the thirty fifth minute or something. Yeah. And I mean that's I mean you know you can take that as one of two ways. A managers tend to not want to do that because that's kind of openly admitting that they got it wrong to start it <laughs> to start it out with. But the fact that he is being proactive and saying okay, no, well, obviously this isn't working. I don't I don't think you would see Roberto Martinez make a sub on the 35th minute if if things no. were going poorly for Everton. So I mean I <laughs> I, I think Kuman is definitely a really good manager, and I think. Uh, I think things will be fine for Everton in the long run. I think this is this is something where you just don't pick up the paper the next morning if you're an Everton fan. You just go into work and just you kind of pretend it doesn't happen. And uh, I think things will get ironed out pretty quickly. I am happy to say this is an outlier. Like, you know, yeah. that's that's something that last year we were missing where you felt like, you know, that, that gloom and doom feel of uh, game in, game out. Like, is this going to be another one of those situations? But... Right now, this is the outlier game of the season. This is the one that we were looking at, like, what the heck happened? Um, so, I hope it stays that way. I was going to say, yeah. the, the one positive that I saw, you know, was one of the late substitutes for Everton, Tom Davies, who I think is only 18. But when every time he got on the ball, he seemed calm. He seemed to be breaking up Chelsea lanes. He he did all right. Kev, you're, you're like, smirking. Why are but you smirking? I, just, I felt terrible for him because it's like, <laughs> can you imagine what the manager says? Like, oh, we're, okay, we're going to sub you in. For the last seven minutes, we're down five nil. What? Can you go out and score a hat trick for us? Like you know, you're eighteen. He came in, I think, the sixty-six minute. Yeah. yeah, it's like okay, here you go. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Just, it doesn't really matter because we're down five zero. So have fun. <laughs> <laughs> just go out. But there, I mean, even, get some minutes. even if the instruction was, you know, let's just stop the bleeding. I thought he did an okay job. But like, it, as an eighteen-year-old kid going in, he touched the ball pretty frequently for the short amount of time he was in there, and he looked decent. So I mean, yeah. Who knows? It's just, it's they not didn't the score another goal in. after he came that's in. Right, that, that's right. That's right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> There's the positive. So, yeah. So I, I will I will say, I, I just want to say, Hazard's second goal was just nuts. Like, his his touch, it wasn't even so much the Pedro flick. It was, it was the Pedro how, flick, Kev. Don't, it, don't, that, that helped a lot. Don't, don't. No, 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 no. I mean, fine. Flick. Yeah, I mean, that, that okay, that, that sets it up. But it was, it was how Hazard just so quickly shifts the ball on his left foot and then shoots so quickly after it and with such accuracy in the ball. I mean, it, it was... He has a quick He release. couldn't have put it... Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, I, I remember seeing it, you know, and, and this was in the context of me watching highlights of, like, Coutinho this previous season. When I saw Hazard's second goal in, I was just... I was like, wow. Like, that was incredible. That was that was one of my favorite goals I've seen this season. I'm um, thinking he might... Yeah. I mean, going back to fantasy for a second, I, he, he maybe should be my captain. Like, I have them both on my team. I keep on making costs to my captain. But <laughs> these last couple of games, it's just like, man... Yeah. Why am I doing this? <laughs> I, I started with him on my team, and then when I wild carded, I took him out because he wasn't doing well. Now I need to figure out a way to get him back on. I think, well, we'll get to fantasy. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> okay. The, this win, this win puts Chelsea in second. They'll get Middlesbrough after the international break. Um, with the loss, Everton fall to seventh, tied on points with Man U, and like we said, they'll get the flailing Swans in league action next. Oh, that's gonna be nice to have. Uh, hopefully, um, watch this Bradley's <laughs> first win. I'm just gonna be like, ah. <laughs> well, you won't feel too bad because it'll be Bradley's first win. Yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, I think you will. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Why I'm gonna feel bad? Spurs versus Arsenal. Um, Spurs scored two goals. Unfortunately, one of them was in their own goal, so it ended up with a one-one draw. Takeaways from this game: 
you know, Harry Kane was back in the lineup, um, but Deli Alley was out. So I kind of feel like anytime you have sort of that main offensive crux or any really sort of main player in a derby match like this, I don't want to say it sort of negates the score, but because you obviously have players out on both sides, but um, I would have really liked to see Deli Alley in this game. Harry Kane came back and he scored a PK. He's not 100% match ready yet. I mean, they pulled him out in like the 60th, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's good to at least see him back. I don't know. Was there anything that you guys saw from this game that you think is really worth talking about? Yeah, I I was kind of shocked. What um, I'm pretty sure Pochettino came out with a back three, right, for this one. Yeah. Which was, I mean, frankly, I mean, because Tottenham have been so clearly the best defensive team in the league. The fact that he felt like he needed to switch up his defensive tactics to go against Arsenal is, I think, was is pretty interesting. Um, I mean, and you could you could argue it worked well because you know that I I think for the large part it was anyway, this game was at Arsenal too I believe right yeah at the Emirates um, so I mean the momentum was always going to be in their favor and so yeah I mean it's it, I I was just that was one of the biggest kind of shocks for me that the, the fact that Pochettino starts with back three um, and uh, and does relatively well with it uh, and, and I, I think we've seen. Now that Harry Kane's back in the lineup, I think Tottenham might start to get a little scary again. Not that they haven't been already, I mean, because they haven't lost a game this season. But what, they've like tied their past four with only scoring a couple. Um, So, I mean, he he is their most important player, I think, without a doubt. And so now, and and I think from a flip side, from from an Arsenal perspective, this could have been the game where they really put a marker down and tell the rest of the season that we're, we're seriously... You know, we should be considered favorites for this title. If they if they go and beat Tottenham, a team that has been so stout defensively and hasn't lost a game yet, that's a huge statement. And and they just couldn't, in, in a very Arsenal way, couldn't just get it over the line. Um, so, yeah, interesting kind of tactical battles. It was 1-1 at the same time. I felt like it was a pretty exciting game to watch. Yeah. They're another team that just defensively, they're, they're solid. They haven't let in – or they haven't let – more than one goal in a game. Um, Arsenal? So that's, yeah. What was that? Spurs. Arsenal or Tottenham? Tottenham. Tottenham. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, Tottenham. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tottenham has not let in more <laughs> than one goal a game. Uh, I, I believe. I was just looking through. Yeah, it looks like every single game, the most that's ever been scored against them is one. Yeah. So and it, that's impressive. It's one of those things, Kev. You know, you mentioned the three at the back, and the entire time I was watching this game, I'm thinking, like, it was the same sort of thing. I'm like, you know, considering how lights out they've been on defense to switch to three, like, is this going to bite them? But honestly, one of the reasons why I kind of like watching Spurs is because of how good they are defensively. The only way that I felt Arsenal was going to score in this game was on the break. Anytime that they that they got numbers and they're running at the defense, that was really the only chance they were going to get. As soon as they slowed the game up a bit and Tottenham was able to recover, I had like zero fear that Arsenal was going to score. It was just every time that we would get guys back, they'd be on top of them and we'd get a clear or, or we'd move the ball out. Yes, did I know you what you're going to say. say. I know we. what you're going to say. It slipped out. I did say we. I apologize. That's good. Oh. Uh, I know. I didn't catch good. it. <sighs> as soon as I said it, I could see the smile on your face. <laughs> you turn. Uh, what happened to Sun? What happened with Sun? Uh, I mean, he there for a while, he was, you know, the the, the hot player that was getting getting a lot of looks. And now, last like three games, four games almost, I think, 
he seems to be non-existent in the game. Yeah, he was he was in this game, and at times it looked like they had him playing almost up top uh, with Harry Kane. But it, looking back at the beginning of the season, you know, when you look at Son's goals and and where it came from, most of it was individual effort. There wasn't a lot of you know, team passing and he was just on the end of it, you know, especially there was yeah. that one game where he had two goals and both times it was just like, he took the ball, he beat three players and he scored to me. That almost feels mental. Um, and if there's just anything off at all, then you lose that aspect of your game. And now all of a sudden you lose that as a team. And I, if he gets that back and, you know, Deli Alley's back and we get Kane back, I just did it again at full fitness, then, <laughs> You know, I think that Spurs could be scary offensively, but they they need to fix their offensive problems. The defense is stout. They're there. I have no concerns yeah. about that. Um, but I think for them to be considered, you know, I think there's a few different tiers that we're starting to see shake out. And um, again, this is in that microcosm of just this past week, but I don't see Spurs as being that top tier. I mean, I think the top tier right now, just looking after this weekend, is Chelsea, Liverpool, who we'll get to, and I'll lump Man City in there, even though they've been on a bit of a slide. I think they just have yeah. the personnel to stay there. I think the second tier is probably Arsenal, Spurs, um, and then beneath that you have uh, United, you have Everton, um, you have Southampton. Uh, probably Southampton's probably a little bit lower below that. So I mean, it, there's a couple mm-hmm. different chunks, but I think if Tottenham can get their offensive game going, which Again, you know, their only goal comes off a PK. I think this is in the past three games they've scored, uh, or no, I'm sorry, in the past four games they've scored three goals. Two of them have been PKs. So it's not even like it's been from the run of play. I mean, I, I mean, this wasn't going to be the game where they get a ton of goals, though. I mean, because, right. you know, Arsenal is very stout defensively. I think Koscielny has been huge for Arsenal this season, um, and their fullbacks have been playing really well. I mean, I, on, on the Sun point, that kind of, cheesy overused phrase of form is temporary class is permanent and, and i think that that's all it was with son he was he had a very good patch of form but i don't think anyone was expecting him to kind of put those numbers in you know i, I don't think anyone expects him to be a one and two striker or offensive uh forward um so yeah i, I it's i don't know I, I i i was thinking about it today on the drive home from work because i knew we'd be talking about the tottenham game and i think it, it takes a while for clubs to kind of get situated in this balancing Premier League with Champions League because obviously they want to make a significant push in Champions League. You don't want to just be in the Champions League and not care about it and just put all your eggs in the, in the Premier League basket. So they, they want to battle on both fronts, and that's a hard thing to do when you haven't done it year in and year out for like five years. And so it, it takes time, and it's a hard thing to do. And so I think if they can if they can just keep themselves stable, if they get a top four finish and get into the like you know maybe the last sixteen of the Champions League, I think it's gonna be a huge win for Tottenham, and that'll give them, I think, a lot of not only financial funds but kind of international. Um, uh, not popularity, but recognizability, where maybe other Clout. top players from from Europe started to think as Tottenham as a as a legitimate place that they want to go and play, and then they can kind of really kick on from there and, and get some more maybe offensive support with game. I, I sorry, I'm rambling. It's the last point. I swear. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's so tough. much, okay. Kev. <laughs> how how do you <laughs> how do you sell? Okay, so I'll put I'll put you I'll put you guys in Pochettino's shoes. How do you sell? Um, another 
striker that you want to come to Tottenham right now because they know they're not going to be the number one striker. Kane has that locked down. So if they're coming to Tottenham, they know, well, I'm, I'm not starting week in and week out unless we play two strikers, and Pochettino doesn't do that. I mean, it's just a real problem. I mean, we're in, in, other, in other teams where you don't have a clear out and out, that guy is our number nine, then you can kind of trick yourself into thinking, no, I'm, gonna, I'm challenging, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock this guy out of his place. That's not happening with Kane. You don't so think so? You think Kane is such a good player that there's no way someone can knock him out of that spot? Because let's be honest, he's not that great of a player right now. He hasn't been that great of a player lately. Uh, last year, obviously, you know, Golden Boot, all that jazz, he was. But yeah. this season, I haven't seen it. Yeah, beginning of the season, I, I, he I think he cold. Is. But yeah, I, we'll see what happens. You I, know, it, yeah. it, what was it? I think, I think, in think, the long term I think it was nine games last season before he got his first goal. Um, yeah, that's true. He he was cold for a long time last season. But uh, but yeah, Kev. To your point, I mean, it, it, that's that's a tricky one. Um, you know, because the other thing is that Spurs have sort of midfield scoring depth, not at the you know extreme that we'll talk about Liverpool have. But um, you know, Erickson and Deli Ali and Son and just collectively, it's just not it's just not going in for them. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they change, if anything, over the international break. You know, if they can go to a three-at-the-back system a la Chelsea and get more midfielders and get a few more forwards in there to to generate more chances, that could be one way around it. But, yeah, I don't know how you go about selling, um, you know, trying to get top-quality strikers in there, um, especially, you know, if you have other teams like... You know, we're, I'm not saying Liverpool is shopping for a striker, but if you have Liverpool or Chelsea or some of the other big name clubs that are clearly top class, you know, how do you go out and, and try to win that support? I don't know. I mean, like you were saying, Kev, you, you make deep runs in other competitions. You show that there's multiple places where a player can make his yeah. name, not just in the Premier League, but in other, uh, you know, competitions and then also you you get that clout like you're talking about that's that's what they have to do and that that they're not doing too bad right now so we'll see yeah yeah i agree yeah i've talked to a number of people who um just like at work who you know i have a few guys at work that i uh, that are british that are saying that they they think spurs are gonna win it this year and i keep saying like if they can score <laughs> um and there were a number of guys at the tournament were talking about how they were they were saying they like spurs chances this year and i just second that again you know they they need to figure out the scoring thing but that's the only thing but if that thinking. offense clicks yeah i mean that defense is already clicking so if that offense clicks because yeah. they have a lot of good pieces in there like they have you know like we're talking about they have Kane. They, yeah. they, they have good pieces in there so if it clicks they could definitely go on a tear yeah. I, I like i said i still think they're not in that top tier but i think if things start going they could easily jump onto that top tier and then we're talking about a situation where you're gonna have a really good team not make um the uh the the champions league next year like you're gonna have one one a really good team sitting at number five at the end of the season if things keep playing out the way they are so mm-hmm. we'll see right now you know the draw in this game keeps spurs at fifth while arsenal fall to fourth um both good teams we'll we'll see what happens here after the international break where they go from here Let's go talk about Liverpool versus Watford, so that uh, I hate how you like you guys hate talking about this. 
It's, Let it's me because enjoy it's this. because Everton lost by five, <laughs> and so now to have to talk about Liverpool winning by five, it, it just doesn't sit. If it was any other week, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be as bad. Yeah, I mean, Kev, this was a game. So Liverpool won six to one against Watford. Didn't get the clean sheet. You know, I I tweeted out at halftime Surprise. like. Hey, you know, let's just. I think it was three nothing at halftime. Just play for the clean sheet and uh, <laughs> couldn't make it happen. Um, honestly, they can make three more goals happen though. This is true. <laughs> if I had to pick a team outside of Spurs to watch in the Premier League right now, it'd be Liverpool. I think just in terms of fun factor, like they're just a lot of fun to watch, and and the goals they create are just fun to watch. They're fun to cheer for. I mean, my kids again were sort of jumping up and down. We talked about on the last show Mane being in a bit of a slump. Well, there goes that. He picks up two goals in this game. Um, yeah, Kev, I'm just gonna go ahead and take the leash off. Go ahead, give us, give us. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> there's so much. There's so much you can talk. Uh, I'll just say this. You know, we we beat. So coming into this game, you know, Watford is in seventh place in the table. If you want to say that's maybe not truly representative of how good of a team they are fine but they're they're not they're still not a bad team and i think they've been playing fairly well over the course of the season i think what they've they've done pretty well in their past three games um i think they're one of the oldest most experienced squad in the league watching this game it didn't look like they were almost quote-unquote too old as, as far as maybe lacking the pace i mean they look like an experienced side who who want to play football and um and we beat him six one. I mean, you know, this this wasn't Sunderland six one. This was this was a good Watford side that that was six one, who I thought actually played relatively well on the day. Um, and I, I think it just on, on a bigger level, I think it just adds to this. It seemed I, I'm, I'm interested to see if you guys agree with this perspective, but it seemed like in the past couple games, United being the one that stands out, teams set up against us by just packing the defense. And say, come break us down, and that's how we're going to play against you. That doesn't really it hasn't been working. We've been getting results against that, other than the United result. Um, whereas Watford in this game come out, and it seems like they kind of wanted to play. They they didn't necessarily just pack the defense, especially early on. And we beat them six one. So I, right now, as a team, it's that if you're playing Liverpool, you have no idea how to set up. <laughs> you know, if you sit back and defensively and just let us have the possession. We, we score goals somehow, and if you come out and try to play against us, we'll press you, and, and, and we're score and we're score goals. So, it's no, it's 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 a great time to be a Liverpool fan. <laughs> <laughs> the the matchup that I really want to see, um, and I know that it's uh, more than a few weeks away, is going to be as, as if things keep playing out the way they are, is Liverpool versus Chelsea, um, because you mm-hmm. know Chelsea. It looks like they first play January thirty first um, at Anfield. But uh, you know Chelsea play very defensively, but then they're also they're also bringing that offensive firepower, and I love I'd love to see they they like to play ball too. I'd love to see how, considering you know everyone keeps talking about Liverpool's defense, considering how the defense has been, you know, are there adjustments that will need to be made in terms of are you going to have to pull people back rather than again just taking the leash off and letting the team run and do their thing? I, I mean I, I think so. Chelsea are obviously in a um, really good stretch of games right now. I mean, but we have played Chelsea already and we've beaten them at, at Stanford Bridge. And so, I mean, that, that was probably a slightly different Chelsea team. I think that was mm-hmm. even back when they weren't playing a back three. Um, so it, it was a bit different um, as far as their confidence levels and, and things like that. But 
you know, we went to Stamford Bridge and we beat them. So I, I the, honestly, the thing from a, from a Liverpool perspective, um, the next kind of big game on my sights is the City game on New Year's Eve. Honestly, before that game on New Year's Eve, all of the games we have are very winnable. All of the all of the all of the games I think are probably mid to bottom table teams, and uh, you know if we can if we drop points in one or two of those matches, I think that's still fine, and then that that sets us up for a good uh, twenty seventeen run. But yeah, no, I, it's uh, I I think the biggest thing is yeah, I mean we we've alluded to it before, but I mean now I think we have thirteen different goal scorers in like a, in fourteen games or something like that. I'm including cup games. Um, which is nuts. Uh, and uh, apparently we had the most shots on target in this game, 17, since these record keepers started to keep records. I mean, so we, you know, that's, we, yeah, we're, we're really impressive going forward and, and everyone's playing their bit. It seems like a team now more than we've ever been. Um, it's it's not a one person carrying this team. It's 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 everyone doing their bit, and uh, and that's I think that's what's most exciting for me. Yeah, the the one thing that uh, I will say is we've talked about Daniel Sturridge on this podcast a lot. I my heart just goes out to the guy. Like once he got subbed on, you could tell everybody in that stadium was just willing for him to score, and all the players, the players on the too. field. Yeah. I mean, they just kept feeding him the ball. He hit the post twice. And then he ends up ripping a shot that the goalie saves, but it falls right to Winaldum, who buries it for the sixth goal. And you could tell, like, Sturridge runs over to celebrate. But, like, if that were me in the back of my mind, I'm like, that was my goal, you son of a... <laughs> like, just... It's just... Oh, man. Yeah, you gotta feel yeah. for the guy. Because he's doing, he's doing everything right. It's just... Yeah. They're just not going in. And, um... Yeah. Yeah, it's... It, I mean, every, it's it, he's such a good personality of a guy i mean like a lot of people really like him you know all his teammates obviously have a huge amount of respect for him and yeah it's just but you're not changing yeah you're not going to change this attack right now i mean we've we've scored more four more goals than any other team in the league right now i'm pretty sure and so it you know i I would love to say, hey, guys, let's just play 12 on 12 and <laughs> just put Sturridge in and we're fine. But, uh, but yeah. It's, it's, it, it's, it is very impressive to see the fact that they have so many different goal scorers in these games. It's six goals, five different players scoring them. It, that's just that's something you don't often see. Uh, and the fact that they do have that different potentials for the goal scoring opportunities, just it's scary because you don't know where they're going to come from. You don't know, you know who to double up on and they can come from anywhere. I mean, I think that's the X factor. And obviously, again, the microcosm, we're, what, a third of the way through the, the season, if that. Yeah, not even. Not which, even. Yeah. So, but, I mean, yeah. if this continues, the fact that you do have so many contributors from so many places and, you know, they don't really have a true number nine. Firmino sort of plays there, but he's really just sort of like another midfielder. And they all sort of roam all over the place. And that's what is just going to drive defenses mad. Um, I mean, to to both of your points. I mean, when when Sean gets his goal, when when the attack starts, I mean, they're, they're, he's he's maybe only in front of uh, Troy Deeney and Igalo. I think his name is uh, for Watford. Like Watford's two strikers. Every other Watford player is between him and the goal. By the time he scores, there's only like the Watford keeper between him. And, I mean, so as a defender, who like how do you pick him up? You know, if he if he starts from so so deep, if you're a defender, you're worrying about the other kind of four or three players in attack for Liverpool, 
things are moving so quick and all of a sudden Sean pops up out of nowhere after running 60 yards and, and heads it in. I mean, it's <coughs> the, yeah, there's so much movement. And, and I think, I think it would be easy to say Klopp just kind of tells them, yeah, once you're, once you're in an attacking position, just do whatever you want. That's absolutely not the case. I mean, everything is very intentional. I think players' movements are incredible. Every, every player knows when this guy goes, I drop into the space that he creates. And when this guy goes, then he goes there. And every, all, all the players are moving off of each other. I mean, I think when Wijnaldum gets his goal, the movement was just incredible. I mean, Ajaria, the 18-year-old, I want to say is, comes on and he, and he makes this great run. Sturge feeds him. It's a no-look. I mean, yeah, the amount of like no-look passes we have in this game is incredible. I mean, so it's, it is very fluid but not in the sense of just do whatever you want i think everything is still very intentional and it's it's yeah it's 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 fun to watch yeah and difficult to defend against <laughs> yeah so liverpool will get slumping southampton after the international break while watford will face leicester um so let's let's do this we're gonna go pk style rapid fire round robin recap of the rest of the games kev get that drink of water because you're up first west ham versus snow go all right, uh, West Ham take the lead on the 65th minute from an own goal by Stokes, sparked by a Pyatt cross and an Antonio header. But West Ham were denied the three points by Bojan, who scored 10 minutes later as the game finished 1-1. Both managers mentioned that the pitch might have been a bit slow as the Hammers still seem to be unsettled at London Stadium. Next up, Stoke are at home against Bournemouth while West Ham travel to Tottenham. Josh, City versus Mills, brah, Go! Man City have done it again, and by it, I mean drawn at home for the third straight time in a row. Uh, Burrow were able to steal a point from City when Martin Darun headed the ball into the back of the net in the 91st minutes oh. in stoppage time. As the saying goes, home is where the crushing disappointment fans are. Uh, City fall two spots down to the table to third, while Middlesbrough hold strong at 15. All right, I'm up. Burnley versus Crystal Palace. Sam Vokes. Got the party started early for Burnley, picking up a goal in the second minute and assist in the 14th. But it was another stoppage time goal that gave Burnley the 3-2 win over Palace. This was Palace's fourth straight loss as they plummet down the table. Now one point above the relegation zone. We were just talking about them being plus 10. And uh, they get City at home after the international break. So, Yeesh. you know, not good for them. Kev, Bournemouth versus Sunderland. <laughs> Sunderland and David Moyes get their first win of the season after 11 games, uh, coming from behind to win 2-1 to one, thanks to goals from Anicha B and Defoe. Eddie Howe, uh, Bournemouth manager, says, It's unlike us. We created a handful of chances, but we couldn't put any of them away. It was a frustrating afternoon. Frustrating indeed. Sunderland remained bottom of the table with five points, while Bournemouth are at 13th on 12 points. Hull versus Southampton. Josh, take it. The mighty lions, or sorry, not lions, tigers. Oh my. <laughs> uh, the mighty tigers have risen from its nine-game winless streak slumber at last. They did it with style. Hull, Hull were down by a goal most of the game until around the, what was it, 62nd minute? Yeah, they scored two in yeah. a row. Um, amazingly, pretty much everyone in the crowd, uh, despite the win, Hull are still in 18th place. At relegation uh, <laughs> into their match against last place Sunderland while Southampton fall to 10th. Swansea versus Man United. Just when you thought it was safe to get Zlatan out of your fantasy lineup, he picks up two goals, one of them being the 25,000th goal in Premier League history as United get the three points, grounding the Swans 3-1. to one. 
Swansea are now tied for last place on points. The January transfer market can't come quickly enough for Bob Bradley, and we'll see how much cash Swansea's American owners are really willing to splash. Kev, bring us home with Leicester versus West Brom. West Brom slowly and sneakily keep gathering points, beating Leicester 2-1 with goals from Morrison and Phillips as Leicester's impressive home unbeaten streak comes to an end. Results like these are perhaps the reason for talks about Pulis getting a new contract, as West Brom currently sit in 11th place. Their next three matches sees them take on Burnley, Hall, and Watford. Very winnable games indeed. Woo! All right. Good stuff. We wrapped that up quick. Um, I have here on the agenda, let's do some full league reflections, but I think we're going to save that for next week because uh, Kevin talked a lot about Liverpool, so we're just going to move on. Um, <laughs> I think that the least he's talked about Liverpool in any podcast. It really is. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> Kev, you know we just we need, love We you. need something to talk about in the international break, right? <laughs> this is exactly. true. This is true. Let's talk a little bit about fantasy. So we mentioned last week, Josh, you and Liz going head-to-head in the uh, – in the Brokaw household, yeah, yeah. Uh, you came yeah, out. She didn't do bad. 55 points is pretty good. Uh, unfortunately, I had. I think this might be the highest scoring I've ever had uh, in fantasy at 68 points. So uh, are you sleeping on the couch, or where are you at these nights? <laughs> <laughs> I, I did get some evil looks, and uh, Liz also actually used her triple captain oh, this game man. without me knowing. We're watching the game. <laughs> And I look at her score, I'm like, how do you have that many points already? And then I realize, ah, she's triple captain. Um, but I, I still managed to get the win. She just looked at me, she's like, this is all I wanted. I just wanted to beat you in this one thing. <laughs> I was like, uh, sorry? You beat Kev the week before. It's okay. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I only put up 32 points this week after putting up 77 the week before. So this league is just all over the place. Um, I mentioned last week that I picked up a lossy. I'm starting to regret that. I really need to get. Already. I know. I need to get Sterling out and either Azard or Coutinho in. So I'm probably going to not make any transfer. Well, see, this is the problem. I did this last time too. I waited and then I was like, oh, I'll make a transfer. And then the international break comes and I'm like, oh, I, I've said before how I'm such like an anxious owner. Like I just, I, I want to make the trip. I got to get these guys in. And now with the international break, I have to wait like three weeks to have two free transfers yep. to be able to bring in somebody like that. So uh, it's going to be a painful three weeks, but um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I did not, I ended up losing this week. So I sit squarely at 16th in our league out of 20, which is ugh. holding strong at second place. <laughs> rub it in kev are you making any moves <laughs> thinking about making any moves anything going on with you i mean after i put up 79 points last weekend i feel like i shouldn't um but uh no Dang. i did um yeah i i felt kind of bad to, not i didn't feel bad because i won but the guy who i was playing i forget who i was playing but i want to say he put up like 74 <laughs> and so it was oh, M. Williams, I think you won by two points last game, or you lost by two points. Yeah, the, the yeah. Week he had the well. second highest score in the league. Kev had the first highest score in the league. So head nice. to head, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's brutal. yeah. I mean, well, and, and you know, talk on top of that. I mean, I feel like, like I, I get what uh, Willie Hunt's talking about. I feel like I think only two or three people have more points than me in the league, but I'm still at like 11th or something. But, uh, but I think in the end, though, that's going to even out because you're going to play the same people everyone else played. So. Yeah, in, in, theory, in theory, in theory, it should even out for you. I don't know. It, it, as far as moves, too, I don't know. I, I had some money in the bank, so I was able to upgrade from Awobi to Walcott. I don't feel great about that, only because, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Walcott has historically been just super streaky, and I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm not putting my money that he's going to be 
you know, putting up consistent numbers across the league. But I wanted to keep an Arsenal player because I think next week they have United, and then after that they have a run of very winnable games. So I wanted to get someone attacking from from Arsenal, and and Walcott was the guy. But uh, yeah, I have yeah I have Ozil in my lineup, and I was considering transferring transferring him out. But then after seeing that stretch, like you said, I'm like, yeah, I want to hold on to him. So yeah. we'll see what happens. So that's just a little fantasy taste. For more fantasy news, tips, and suggestions, please go to check out. Be sure to go check out our friends Brandon and Josh. Not this Josh, another Josh on the Always Cheating podcast. Um, it's always a good time, and they go into it in way more depth than we do. So lots of good stuff over yeah. there. Yeah, tables and stats, and you know, <laughs> they're much better at this. Yes, yeah. They talk about there's like a when- black market for like uh, you know fantasy news, like dark web type areas <laughs> that you don't want to venture down. They're doing all that for us. So when, when they came on on our podcast, I think immediately my team turned around after you know, <laughs> hearing tips. So, yeah, yeah, I'm sure Brandon will be happy to hear that. So as we've been saying, there's no Premier League action next weekend. Guys, wh- what are you going to do? How are you going to spend your time? I hate international. <laughs> I, I got soccer. I got soccer to go to. I'm actually going to go see USA take on Mexico yeah! in Columbus. Nice. I'm, I'm excited. I love this game. This is my third time doing it. Um, Dose zero. It's 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 been great. This is the fifth time they played at Crew Stadium, and all four times so far have been two zero USA. So I'm 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 excited. Well, is it? So. There's like some sort of there's like an unwritten rule as well that if Columbus Crew ever win two nothing, it is not Dosa Cero. Like it, that is only reserved. Yeah, like for some people USA try it, like oh, yeah. they'll they'll try to do the Dosa Zero champ. It's like no 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 no. That's only. If the USA are playing Mexico, can you say Dosa Zero? Um, it's it's funny too because Crew Stadium is not that big of a stadium, mm-hmm. and and really USA can sell probably a lot more tickets if they were to go to a bigger uh, stadium. But you know, four games in a row, two zero Mexico. It, when uh, games that matter, we're not just talking like you know friendlies. These are yeah. this is the hex. So it, it's it's kind of become to the point where they have to play there. If they don't, they're really risking it. Are you gonna go like tailgate and like blow it out or? Oh, yeah, definitely. American Outlaws, full, you know, nine yards. We're doing the march to the game, 4th Street Bar and Grill, pre-gaming. Sounds um, like content. <laughs> oh, I don't know. No, no, probably not. Probably not the kind of content we can put on the air. Um, <laughs> but it's a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, this, Like I said, this is my third time going to be at uh, Dose Zero, so I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, definitely something we're going to have to talk about next week. Um, if you guys are heading to the game, go hunt down Josh. Josh, uh, I was talking to John Krasinski. I think he was trying to get media credentials, so he may be there as well. So you guys may have to hook up and uh, do some uh, pre-gaming before things get going. Um, Yeah, I unknowingly uh, that or you know I wasn't even thinking about the fact the international break was coming up my wife and I are are supposed to go to Niagara Falls for the weekend and as we were planning this I was like man you know how am I going to watch all these games you know I love my wife I'm happy to go to Niagara Falls but (laughs) how am I like there's only so many hours of the day and so like literally it crept up and it was like this week and I was like oh we're leaving next weekend oh that's international break woohoo perfect so uh, I need to start planning my vacations around the international break <laughs> that that's the smart move so I, mean, I need that's, to look ahead that's, to the that's where you've you've come to now yeah that, that this is your life th- this is my life yeah exactly exactly Kev do you have any uh, anything you have in mind for what you're gonna be doing when you're not watching soccer you're just gonna hang out at REI all day yeah, pretty much. Well, I'll, I'll, it's you know me too well. No, yeah, next weekend we're gonna probably go hiking in the Smokies. Um, so that's 
I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. It was, it was funny. I, I just, um, I looked it up today and I, and I texted Riley, my girlfriend, about this. Our, our la- it feels like our last hike that we went on was this, this, this crazy, this crazy hike. And our legs were just completely dead by the end of the hike. And we thought like, we're just, we're terrible. Like we're, we're at, we're completely out of shape. We shouldn't be hiking. Like, <laughs> we're just, and I look back and I want to say it was like, other than the actual Appalachian trail and a couple other like long trails, I think it was like the second most difficult hike in the Smokies. I was like, I feel much better about myself. I feel vindicated. This, so. Good. Yeah. Good. Um, but, uh, but we'll probably hit that up uh, next weekend and just kind of get away from it all. I was going to say, you know, don't pull a hammy or anything, but you can still record even with a pulled hammy. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. go fine. Yeah. You feel free to, you know, fine. whatever. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, let us know what uh, what you're going to be doing when you're not watching soccer. On Twitter, we are now at 3PLPod. I'm sure a lot of people are still going to be using the at Mongols. That's fine. You know, whatever. We'll, we'll make it work. Um, should you should you not, go explain all that now? Should like, I explain what, what, what's all that going now? on? Sure. Yeah, I mean, you did a five minute little, you know, a single podcast. I did. It might be a good idea for the main show. I did show. a big announcement. So yeah, uh, just so everybody knows, what what we did was um, because we had you know really three distinct shows that we were broadcasting all under the Mongols subscription. We figured, you know, there's a lot of people who we could tell from the stats. There's a lot of people that like just the high school and college stuff and, you know, don't necessarily listen to the Premier League stuff. So we said, you know what, let's break these apart. Let's make them all individual shows. So, you know, the Mongol show show still exists. Um, That's going to be our Riverhound show. And that's where we'll talk about general Pittsburgh soccer. We have the Pittsburgh College Soccer Show where uh, John Krasinski and I will talk about college soccer. We'll talk about high school soccer, all that stuff. Completely separate subscription. And this show is now called 3P. As we said in, in the uh, in the intro, the 3PL Premier League show. So um, if you're listening to this just on the website, make sure you go and you subscribe. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. If we're not, let us know. We'll add it there. Um, but this is now strictly the Premier League talk where we're talking Premier League stuff. And, you know, we'll jump over. We'll do some Riverhound stuff on the Mongol show. All that good stuff. Um, one thing of note, the three of us are going to be doing a live-ish uh, show um, on November 21st at Piper's Pub. So that's a Monday night. Kev's going to be in for Thanksgiving. Josh and I are, are in Pittsburgh, so we said let's find a common place, and uh, and uh, Piper's was uh, happy to have us. So we're going to be there at a booth, uh, huddle around a microphone. If you're there Monday night, November 21st, stop by, say hi. Maybe we'll get you on the air as well. Um, but uh, be awesome. yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. We'll we'll get some drinks going. Probably get some food. Can't beat any Piper's food. So uh, so yeah. Otherwise, I think that's it. Thanks everybody for listening. Be sure to let us know what you think about the show over at Three PL Pod on Twitter or via email Three PL at bgn.fm. That's the new home. Beautiful game network. Bgn.fm. Subscribe to the show as we said. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. We're constantly trying to improve. Your feedback helps us do that. So wherever you listen to them, make sure that you give us a review. We read them. We make changes. We go from there. If you're looking for other great, beautiful game podcasts, head over to bgn.fm. Our friends Evan and Ryan just released their second episode of the USL Eastern Conference Confidential. And the professor, John Krasinski, and I will be bringing you the latest in Pittsburgh high school and college action on the Pittsburgh College Soccer Show later this week. Otherwise, for Kevin, Josh, and Mike, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later. This is the 3PL Premier League podcast, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Find more great football, soccer, beautiful game podcasts at bgn.fm.